Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording here in the middle of February as sports are underway. And just chiming in to give you an update. Some good, some bad. Ups and downs. Depends on how what, what you're waiting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's start out with, with the big one. Basketball. It's my favorite sport. Except when SC dribbles down the court. What? Yeah, it hasn't been my favorite sport lately. It's been pretty frustrating to watch. I mean, when you get news that... We won't spend too much time on this because uh, we're pretty much dead on arrival. Um, when we hear that two of our big men are out, one with an ankle, one with mysterious personal reasons, which is never a good thing during COVID, never good during the middle of the season, never good for a player who, uh, you know, who's looking to go to the draft after their, after their first year. Um, and has had rumors of just struggling with the program overall, but seemed to be in a good stride over the past year and a half until this season. Um, so yeah, uh, concerning there, but I think the silver lining is that we got to see Max, Mac Etienne, 19-year-old former high school premier, or debut, I think is a better word. He's not a movie, but we got to see him play in the USC game. So that was the the one takeaway I took from it, other than, you know, the blowout. But um, it was good to see Mac. I think he he got eight minutes and I mean eight points and five rebounds, I believe. Uh, and he had a little nice post hook. It, it was it was pretty good to see that. Uh, and you know he's gonna get minutes going forward. In any other year. Um, you know, he probably wouldn't be playing if he enrolled early, but this year doesn't count, so let's get him some reps. Yeah, I mean, that that game has uh, sort of created a weird slide, and the team the team seems to be in a, in a weird funk, um, both offensively and defensively. I'm more worried about the defensive side. I just, I think that... You know, we're we're getting clean shots. We're just not making them. Eventually, this will will start falling. I am I am really worried about how the defense is looking, and it's just hasn't been very good, which is concerning for especially for a Cronin coach team. Um, and it does go back to Chris Smith to some degree. I I remember us talking about this, and I had sort of underestimated how much his loss would would mean to this team, but. Um, and I was kind of, you know, in hindsight, probably looking at it from more of an offensive perspective, but we miss his length on defense tremendously. And, you know, our guards just have a hard time staying in front of guys. We're just not the most, you know, laterally quick team on the, the perimeter. And it leads to guys getting driven on and giving up threes on the switches and so it's it's just it's becoming frustrating and I don't think it's a lack of effort it's just I just I don't know what Cronin can do right now to try to make this improvement now part of that is hopefully you know getting Jalen Hill back um you know whatever's going on with him we hope 
hope everything's okay with him. And, you know, first and foremost, he should work on himself. But, you know, getting him back would be a huge boost to the defense. He, he unlocks a lot um, on that side. But other than that, I mean, it's just getting, you know, Johnny Juzang to play better defense. He's looked better on that end in the last few games, um, but he's still not where he needs to be um, on that side. Getting, you know, Jules to play more consistently. It's just, I don't know. I mean, what what is your sort of opinion on what Coach Cronin should be doing right now? Um, it's tough because you, you, you highlighted some of the shortcomings that this team has, um, naturally as a unit. I don't want to say it's each and every player because what I see when I watch Washington State and Washington is Tiger being the only one who can consistently drive, but, you know, at some point they're going to lock in on him and he's going to he's going to get fouled and he's not going to be able to hit you know insane shots sometimes he's able to get them in but it's not something we can rely on Chu Zhang who just won Pac-12 player of the week after two high scoring outings um we can't rely on him because at the same time he's a liability on the other side of the floor and we you just touched on the, the lack of lateral quickness but these certain things are, are just limiting us on offense already and a, a defense that's already been poor since Chris Smith has gone down. And we haven't really gotten to, to rhythm with defense in general just because of the, the, thin, the depth chart, you know, being so thin with our big men. And I, I mean, I know we have Nawuba and, you know, Mac has come in right now, but they just don't have... They're not at that level yet for whatever reason. Um, for I mean, for many reasons, but they ha- clearly have the potential to be Pac-12 players. Nwuba, maybe not so. Um, I like all conference, but regardless, he can be a contributor, and he and I still have some you know faith in his potential. I'm always going for potential. But what's missing to me is we don't have a penetrator to add a new dynamic to the offense, another one besides Tiger. Uh, Juzang, you know, he can play off ball, which, you know, works in other cases, but it, it's hard when you have a Kaiman, a Singleton, and also sometimes, you know, uh, you know, Jamie, who all kind of play similar roles and they stand to the corner and it, it just well, limits the offense. Let's talk about Juzang for a second, because I think he's, um, gotten the, the brunt of frustration by a lot of fans, um, some calling him even the new Prince Ali, and he's looked like that at some points um, <laughs> over the last few games. But I, I think in retrospect, watching his game um, and, and seeing what kind of player he is, I, I think it's justifiable for Mick Cronin to give him kind of the green light. Cause I, at this point on the team, he's the only player who can actually create his own shot, whether it's driving off the dribble, just jump shoot. Like he's the only one who creates his own uh, like separation now. And he has a naturally good looking shot. They're not all going in right now, but 
he's, you know, I, I think the key with him is that he needs to just take three to four, le like, less terrible shots. And I think he still has a tendency to do that in games. Um, but if he, if he limits that and just takes those good shots, whether they go in or not, I mean, obviously it's, he needs to be, get better and consistent at making those, but he is the only guy who can do that. And, and I will say, I, I think there is a marked improvement on his defense over the last few games as well. I mean, I, again, he's not a good defender by any means, but it looks like he's improving and playing harder on that front. And he's rebounding the ball really well. I think that goes unsaid, especially for a team that, you know, is down a big. And, you know, with Cody Riley kind of getting back into the swing of things really after his injury, it's it, it, for, for a Mick Cronin team, like rebounding is a huge thing. And, and he has been helping filling that gap. So... Yes, he has not always been efficient, but he is the only guy who can score on this team. And I, I think it will be key to get him consistently doing that at a, at a more efficient clip um, to, to be successful going forward. I think one thing that hasn't been touched on by a lot of uh, people and is Jules Bernard's skit that he had you know, prior to the Washington game. It's no coincidence that... In the Stanford game, he you know he had two points off of free throws, and then the next game against Oregon State, he had zero in eleven minutes, and then against SC, he only had three, you know, only hitting one shot, and then one field goal, and then one free throw, and then Washington State, and it didn't get much better, and we saw him on the bench in Washington. I think he does. I would say he's a better defender than Singleton, you know, starting the game. So I would be prefer putting him back in the starting lineup because of what he brings on defense. Um, and, and I think that has to do with length, and he's a little bit more laterally quick. He has a little bit more agility. Um, but that's something for us not to, you know, I know you just said, like, people rag on Juzang because he, he has a bigger profile and he had a lot of hype coming in as a transfer from Kentucky, and he was a fringe five-star, you know, in high school. But Jules has to pick it up, too. And we saw, you know, a much better game against Washington. But we need that consistent play from him, especially losing Chris Smith, uh, you know, from our wings. He can't be Tiger and Juzang because that's what it looks like now in terms of the offense. And then Cody has not really delivered, you know, or he's, it's, it's tough in the position he's in when he doesn't have another four that's down there in the post game, but our post game is really lacking. So we do need more wing scoring. Uh, well, but that, that would be my one suggestion for Cronus, putting Jules back in the lineup, even if it's, you know, he's not in rhythm offensively. Well, if you want to, you want to talk about slumps then I mean, we also have, I mean, Hawk has, Jaime is, is in a, in a terrible shooting slump. He he's scored. I think he took one shot last game and scored two points. Like he he is just not where he is, used to be when on the offensive side of things. Like he, he's still rebounding. He's still doing a lot of those little kind of workman like things that he's always doing. But 
he just he he hasn't been shooting the ball. He looks timid. He doesn't want to shoot the ball, and when he does, they often aren't going in. And and he's definitely in a, in a terrible funk. It's it's just weird. Like every every player on this team is is in a strange, um, like shooting funk. I mean, Kaiman, same. He's been kind of like on and off all year. Hawk has over the last, you know, three, four games just isn't been been aggressive and isn't been scoring. Uh, like you just mentioned, Jules. Uh, it's just, uh, I, it's it makes it hard to watch basketball when, you know, the, the offense is creating decent looks and guys just either don't want to take the shot or if they do, they miss. Uh and then on the defensive end, then they're getting beat. So it's just, it's obviously creating for a bad situation where they dig themselves into the hole. I will say that even so, you know, there's still a lot of fight in the team. They don't give up even against that stupid Washington State game. They cut it to, uh, what, a, almost a, like seven points or something at the, at the, at the end. Yeah. when they were down 23 and so they came back and had a chance to actually you know possibly win the game um and I, and I will say that a team who folds or who doesn't care doesn't do that um so there there is a clear like it's not for a lack of effort or trying it's just they're they're just in a in a strange strange kind of funk um whether it's you know a lack of talent and and ability on defense and just on offense just you know slumps I don't know it's just it's it's a weird weird situation and I don't know what the full solution is for for McCronin to 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 implement to get him out, but I do think it starts with getting Drew Zhang more consistent and hopefully getting Hawkes up to speed, and then fingers crossed that we get Hill back. Yeah, and I mean we have an Arizona team that's coming up that's not playing much better than us, um, you know, under Sean Miller. And again, we have to remind us that they aren't going to the tournament even if they're eligible. So um, because of the self-imposed postseason ban. But with that, you know, we can't this is I think this would be a good opportunity to make a statement against this team. Um and 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 see what see what happens. I believe we have them at home, right? Is yep. That, mm-hmm. So we have them at home. Um they're coming in and let's you know, let's keep the streak going. I believe we're on five four or five game win streak against them at the moment. But I think it'll be a good bounce back because we still are in a Pac-12 race. It's a weird one, um, you know, with USC ahead of us and by one game. And But USC could easily lose the next one just because this is a weird conference. As we've seen, Washington State, I mean, granted that they lost their, their key guy, Isaac Bolton, who went off on us for 28 points. They lost him to injury. They still... Washington State should have still won the Apple Cup, and they lost. Um, and we've seen some weird upsets in this conference. So it is not, And it's also it, an Andy Enfield coach team. So Exactly. So you just never know, and I wouldn't be surprised if 
you know, the, the regular season championship comes down to, to March 6th when we rematch against USC. So keep that on the calendar. Yeah, it's, I mean, no, you're right. We're, we're still in the thick of things for the race, but it just doesn't feel like we're a team that should be in the thick of things for the race. And yeah, you're, you're spot on. It's just a weird conference. It's a weird year for college basketball in general. Um, so yeah, we'll see the, the, the Arizona schools this week will be, um, will be a, 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 a tough out, but you know, we, we, we absolutely need to win these games at home and I believe we're undefeated at home so far. So hopefully that will help gain some confidence and, and mojo back. Yeah. A good time to get out of the funk right at home, get them, get a slumping Arizona team. That's a rival. Hopefully it gives us enough motivation, but yeah, you said it is a weird year. I think you're alluding to the fact that there, you know, the, the last AP top 25, I don't know if the latest one, but at one point it was this week or last week was they had no blue buds, and by blue buds, Kansas, Duke, UNC, um, you know, Indiana, and I am probably missing one that I can't think of right now. Um, Kentucky, obviously, no shade. But, um, yeah, so with none of those teams in the top 25, it has been a strange year for college basketball. That's been noted amongst many analysts. But, yeah, Pac-12 has had its own bout of just weirdness, cancellations, you know, weird upsets, just players going through it. But let's uh, let's not let this USC team that is, I think, very top-heavy in talent knock us out. We can't lose a conference to them of all schools, not in the same year. Um, right. And we can't let Stanford be a reason why we lost this conference, or one of the reasons amongst <laughs> the other teams we lost to, because Stanford is being a thorn and our behind. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I were to bet, uh, the there's going to be a, a random loss or two for for SC at the the top, uh, but that being said, we also still have a tough schedule, and so we we, we just need to we need to figure something out. And I I hope Mick um, Mick does. I mean, the fact that he even has us in this position with this group of guys is a testament to the fact that he is a good coach. Now he needs to, you know, coach, uh, coach his ass off to, to get us out of this little hole and, and get us playing decent basketball. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We will see. But on the other side, our girls are staying steady in the top 10. Um, you know, they did have a loss since the last time we spoke to a Washington State team that's been very Still annoyed by that. Very annoying because we were rolling at that point, top five, and we go ahead and lose to a team that we went to overtime with the last time, and they let them, we let them get us. Since then, we blew out Washington, you know, bounced back with them, and we also beat Utah last week. Beat Utah last week. Cancellation of Colorado um, due to, you know, that one virus. And now we have Oregon coming up this Friday. Um, and so this game is going to be another chance for us to, to stay in the hunt for the conference title. But, yeah, I mean, the Pac-12 is, is very deep. It's one of the best conferences along with the SEC and the ACC. 
Um, all three of them are, have formidable teams or very solid set of, you know, five to six teams that can hold their own against every conference. But our team is, you know, they're doing well. We just need them to make a statement again against Oregon. Uh, we beat them earlier in the season, so this is more so of a rematch that, you know, we're going to have at home, um, you know, before we close out the season with two weaker opponents in Oregon State and USC. Yeah, um, I wish we were still in the top five, that one loss. It always feels like there's one one loss that the women's team has that is just sort of inexplicable every year, but still top Last 10. Year it was SC. Huh? I remember that one. I said last year it was even more explicit. Like it was egregious because it was SC. Right. That yeah. One, that one sucked. So, yeah, they just uh, they gotta close down this this kind of fine second half stretch and and uh, not not have any more lapses and and we should be good. I will say this year is probably the most wide open when it comes to teams winning. Uh, the national championship, and there is that true. belief that all top 16 teams have a chance. Um, so with us being top eight, you know, we're in the, the top half of that. And, yeah, we're missing the depth of our you know, our students who still are stuck in Australia. I mean, stuck is, is, is a very probably a wrong word because they're probably doing much better out there as lockdown subsides. But, um, you know, we're missing our depth, and that shows during some of these games um, in the regular season. But we'll see when there's a tighter rotation in an attorney. I'm, I'm still, I have a lot of hope in this team, and I think it's riding on Michaela, who is still on the wooden watch list, you know, later in the season. She looks like she's going to be a finalist um, going into it. So, yeah, I, this team is doing well. I'm, I'm excited about Corey and how she's got them all humming. Yeah. Um, moving on to our least favorite sport sometimes. Uh, the football team. There's been a couple of updates on the, the coaching side. Um, our QB coach, Dana Bible, has decided to retire. Um, and so we'll see who Chip Kelly decides to replace him with. The word is um, the guy from San Jose State, whose name is escaping me, is, is a heavy front runner. Gunderson. Um, sorry? Gunderson. Gunderson, yes. Um, who seems to be pretty well regarded, very young, hungry. Um, you know, a lot of people credit him for helping kind of San Jose State be a good team last year. Um, so that's something to look out for. Other names that are being thrown around are like Mark Helfrich. Um, you know, obviously there's the chip connection back to Oregon there. Um, you know, obviously very, very experienced coach and, and a few other names. So, you know, let's see what chip does with this one. Um, what are you thinking? I'm excited that Bible just retired. I mean, I never heard of people this, of this guy, even out of, Everyone else in the staff, like, he just seemed like he was in the shadows. Um, it was funny, even when DTR, when when Jerry, you know, was officially hired to, to wide receivers coach and DTR made a comment, everybody took it as as Bible just not being even a resource on that front. So, yeah, I mean, good luck to Bible, in the, you know, in the rest of his career. But 
in his three years of UCLA, it was pretty lackluster in regards of the recruiting. Uh, DTR's development has been so-so, and I, I think more so the reps have helped, but I think with a better coach, DTR would have gotten rid of his habits that he still had carrying into his third year, um, even with the talent he has and and whatnot that I think was able to compensate for his shortcomings and his bad habits. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Gunderson, I've heard good things about him. I'm completely, I'm excited. I think, you know, it, a, a lot of people would be an upgrade from Bible. And Gunderson is very much, I think, the reason why San Jose State was able to recruit Nick Starkle from Texas A&M and convince him to come over. You know, San Jose State had a very breakout year. And uh, a lot of it came back, came to the QB position and who you recruited. So I, I, I think it goes on that front, like, of who is he going to be able, now that he has, you know, UCLA brand, which is, of course, not SC and, and Oregon right now in the recruiting circles, but how does he bring UCLA back in, in that esteem of riding on, oh, hey, we've had Josh Rosen. Hey, we had Brett Hundley. Like, we've had some guys that, that have, you know, been some dudes, and this program is going to get you there. And DTR, I mean, the guy still, while we have our, our complaints and we have this standard that we want to hold him up to, he's he's returning as one of the top three QBs in the Pac-12, him and Keaton Slovis, so... You know, in a conference that very much is big on QB. So how can he capitalize that and convince, you know, some of these younger guys to come over? Because we just lost Malik Murphy to Texas on an early commitment, which I actually think is better that he committed sooner than later, um, you know, with a hot Sark uh, going on. But it, it is interesting to see, you know, how these younger recruiters from these smaller FBS programs jump to UCLA and say, hey, how can we keep some of these guys in the Pac-12 footprint? Because right now it's just been a trend of these guys either going to SC, Oregon, piling up on the depth chart, transferring out, or just going elsewhere to the Big 12, the Big 10. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always, and it's, you know, the Pac-12 needs to be much better at keeping talent home. Even, you know, even looking at Oregon and SC, yeah, they get some guys, but there's still a big drain out of, you know, California and the, the Pac-12 footprint to other schools. And, you know, you can't blame kids, right? Like, any five-star recruit that goes to Alabama, like, should go to Alabama if they have the opportunity because they're going to have the opportunity to probably win a national championship over the at least three years that they'll be there. So um, that's that's, you know not a I don't hold that against anyone but yeah you're right they, we need to do a better job I will say I think for Malik Murphy this seems like a, a perfect opportunity for him to go to Texas um, get a little seasoning for a year or two and then transfer back to UCLA uh, I feel like we we end up getting a lot of those kids um, coming back to California he feels like he could possibly be one of those kids. And, um, yeah, we'll let Texas coach him up for a year, and then he'll come back a, a better QB. Agreed. I, I really like that take. I know I was frustrated because I was like, great, look, Texas comes in with 
you know, <laughs> a month of, of just showing love. I don't even, I think it was less than that. And this guy silenced to them a few weeks ago and then announces on his birthday. Um, that was a heavy lean for us. But Zed brought me back to earth and I feel... But again, it's, you know, uh, Texas is a historical, you know, major blue blood program. And so you can't fault someone for for doing that but yeah i think there will be some sense of culture shock and and whatnot and um you know california kids for for um as talented as they are can be sometimes kind of soft in those sort of environments and often come back so we'll see what happens with murphy best of luck to him wherever he ends up but I think there's a there's a chance that he he comes home at some point. Yeah, and he does the Ethan Garber Zach Charbonnet uh, type move. So, right, we've been killing it in a transfer portal, so that gives us you know uh, exactly. some type of hope. And then there's another coach, Azanero, who is whose contract hasn't been renewed. Uh, he has about 11 days left, and the team spokesperson is saying that they're still evaluating staff, but. Many of us, you know, as we know, Norwood was responsible very much for a scheme change, and it was probably, you know, the most open secret of the season. Uh, are going to be pretty happy if we were able to get, you know, a different defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator, if we, however we want to title it. Um, so something to watch. What are your thoughts there with As? God, just, just let it expire, please. That's what I wanted. <laughs> oh my God! Just like this is a no-brainer. Chip, Chip's feelings are gonna get in the way of this. Have, but just, just let it go. Just let yeah. him go. Like you've been loyal enough, Chip. Just let it go. Like there's no reason to keep him. He's just he. He's proven to be a terrible coach. Um, and it took you know bringing in a another guy to fix the defense to have a of a solid defense last season um yeah I, I yeah i i've been very vocal i'm not a jerry azanaro fan and so i think getting rid of him should have happened like three years ago two years ago but is that saying he should have never been hired i mean uh look i couldn't I couldn't say that when he was being hired because he had, you know, he had a lot of experience and people did have good things to say about him. But it became abundantly clear by, you know, year year one and a half that he is just a bad coach. <laughs> he, he, I don't really know what he was doing, frankly. Um, we've covered this ad nauseum at this point, so we don't need to dive into it, but point is I, I don't I don't want him and I don't think he deserves to come back at this point I think eh, let's hire somebody else and as a co-DC or whatever position um, and and give coach Norwood the the keys to the defense I think he did a good job in coming in one year and really restructuring um, the schemes to to be effective and so you know there's there's a guy who who is performing in on the defensive coaching staff and there's a clear guy who hasn't been and um let's let's reward the guy who's who's helped and and let's cut the the fat for lack of a better word and and keep 
keep going and improve the staff. I'm for that. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Um, moving on. Is there to anything others. else going on with football? What? No, no, football's dead for now. Um, yeah, nothing much. Just off-season workouts. Things are going on. I mean, I, let's let's be clear. There's a lot of production returning, and that's kind of been a talk. Um, so yeah. going into the season, there is going to be a bit of a a sleeper hype with UCLA. Again, Chip Kelly's name still somehow carries weight that people think he's going to, you know, he's still riding on the performance of the offense this past season, but also it, it just trickles back to his Oregon days. Like, oh, is he going to get it back going? And they're expecting us to have a top 10 offense in the country after averaging, I believe, 34 point something points. And, you know, our defense has shown improvement with a lot returning besides, you know, Osa. So, um, you know, it, 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 and then I guess Felton and Osa are the two guys that are, are, that are gone. Like, so there is going to be a lot of hype, but at the same time, the foundation is always going to be something we critique in the personnel. We would like to have younger staff, more dynamic. Well, not younger, but just a good mix where we have dynamic recruiters that the UCLA brand needs. Um, so I, don't, I just don't want it to be a missed opportunity now that we're moving to Jordan. Um, to, to grab these kids. Well, yeah, I mean, like you, you mentioned the, the production that's returning. I think we're like top three in the country. So I think this is the season where it's you, you put up or shut up at this point. If you do not win now, Chip needs to go. I think it's pretty, it should be pretty plain, pretty simple. Like, this is a season, and yes, we have a tougher schedule. We have whatever, whatever excuse you can bring up as to why he won't win. Um, but in my mind, you know, you've gone through, what, three years now of building the culture and getting your players in. Uh, and now you're, you're set up with all those things. You're set up with all that returning production. You're set up with a QB, your setup, you know, all these different things that are, you know, playing in UCLA's favor. This is a season where if we do not get to even a, like the bare minimum should be getting to a bowl. If we do not hit that, then like Chip Kelly needs to go. I think it's, it's, it's simple. I think depending, yeah, if he doesn't win eight games, um, and I say that before the bowl game. So if he's at if he's at seven even before the bowl game and we end up going at seven and six, knowing Jarman, I I think I think it just depends on the momentum of the season, right? If we're on a win streak and we win seven games going into the bowl game, again, like yeah, we're gonna be like, Oh, but the improvement. If if we started out hot and then we you know, we trailed off and we we were at seven games before a bowl game. I mean, Chip right, seat could right. still be hot. It all depends. Um, but he's going to have, I think the t- in order to keep his job completely safe, it's going to have to be eight wins before the bowl games, just because anything below can, can be taken up. You know, the narrative can, can be, can, it's, it's pretty fluid what, what it can be. Um, and, and, and his respect. And he has a very shaky, Shaky foundation right now going to the season, or you know, for his seat. Yeah, no, it's it's 
that's a, probably a fair point of saying you know, he needs to win at least eight games. Like, look, I, th- I think the, the, we can argue and, and debate about the, the number of games he wins, but the point is he needs to win, right? Like, he cannot have any sort of, like, you know, 500 season or, you know, paltry losing season. Like, he needs to win this season. I think that that's abundantly clear. And so if he cannot do that, then he is not fit to be our coach. Like, end of story. Agreed. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. But moving on to actual winning programs that we have. (laughs) <laughs> that are doing really well. The roundup of, you know, the, the very they're equally important, but unfortunately they're just not on TV as much. But uh, softball starting up. I mean, well, they started last week. They, they Crushed beat, Fresno State. Yeah, 7-0. It was pretty much exhibition. Um, baseball is starting this weekend, I believe. Yep, on Friday against uh, University of San Francisco. So that would be one to watch. And they are officially going in as the number two ranked team, I believe. Is that yep. right? Number two? Yep, okay. number two. Um, they get Be- their behind. entire pitching rotation from last year back. Who Who's number one? Uh, Florida. Got it. Okay. So very much. Unfortunately, it's Florida, who we do not like. It's it's college baseball. It's it's a long season. Anything, anything can happen, but... You know we're we're expected to to be. Um, we're expected to be contenders. We should be able to win the Pac-12, um, and hopefully we will get a player away into the World Series. Um, it's always the goal. Agreed. And also we have men's golf's coming up. I think it looks like they're in full swing, actually. No pun intended. But um, track and field. We beat Washington in many sports, including women's volleyball. Um, women, was it women's soccer? Oh, no, gymnastics. Gymnastics. Yeah. yeah. And actually, you know what the crazy thing about gymnastics is that I was looking at? It was that um, if you saw the routines, another one went mini viral versus, you know, the like uh, Nia Dennis's early this year um but we actually lost the floor to washington even though we won that meet um i thought that was pretty interesting we won all other three three levels you know we won beam we won bar and we won i forgot what the third one's called because obviously i'm a novice when it comes to gymnastics but yeah i mean there's room for improvement even with this team i know we're we're still top 10 i believe is that right said yeah, and it's interesting that yeah, we you're right. We did we slid in the rankings I, I believe a little bit after that that win. And so it's um gymnastics is like the one sport that I can think of or off the top of my head right now that you can still you can win and still slip in the rankings, which is kind of interesting. Um, so gymnastics, yeah, it's somewhere to watch. Still room for improvement, even with the celebrity that's going on there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, the 
the team is still performing well. I think they're just not as sharp as we're normally used to see them. I, I they had a couple of falls, if I remember correctly, in against Washington um, as well. And so we're just we're we're still sort of feeling out and kind of rounding into form a little bit. And this is a team that usually gets better. I think as as the season goes on um, under Coach Waller. So, you know, I, I, I think what we need to look for is improvement as the season goes on. And hopefully we start rounding into form as, as the NCAAs are coming, coming through. Um, keep winning now and then really kind of start honing in then. Yeah. Um, and then our other women's sports, women's soccer is 3-0. and They beat uh, top 10 BYU. Um, for their second game, and they just beat yep. San Diego. But I really, I'm really optimistic and high on this team because we have an awesome goalkeeper and who's winning Pac-12 Player of the Week uh, for goalkeeping. And um, yeah, I, I really, I'm excited about this team. So I'm waiting to find a time to watch them, but it looks like they're rolling. Yeah, no, they're they're they they look good. I saw. Um... Martin Jarman was at the game last night or yesterday afternoon um, over here at, uh, at the Annenberg Stadium. So I, I, I do enjoy um, seeing the AD engage with all of our sports and going to all of our games, um, whether it's, you know, a high profile thing like men's basketball or football to even like the some of the non-revenue sports like he's he's at all the games um so that's that's fun and refreshing yeah and that's the type of spirit we need with all our hires coming in uh no shade to football but obviously shade to football uh but yeah (laughs) i i'm really excited martin jarman's just he's been killing it um yeah i think Um, outside of that you know what let's speak on it the nike deal I didn't we and we didn't really oh, talk yeah. about that before, but uh, Jordan Nike deal. The details came out. It looks like we're gonna get around an average, I think, of seven point six million. With um, most of that being gear. Most of it being gear. Some in cash. Um, again, we we have to remember that there is um, an ongoing, you know, fight for a settlement with for damages against Under Armour. So I'm sure everything was understood on both sides when negotiating this deal but i'm actually pretty happy with it i know it's not what the 18.6 million that we're getting from under armor per year but that deal was by and far much larger than anything else on the market and i believe we're still top 10 i think we are still top 10 um right ahead of right. ohio state right i believe and we're still top 10 and i believe we have the highest nike deal still we're behind Michigan. I know we're behind Michigan and Texas, our two schools. Um, so I think we're third from the, what I saw in the little research I did. Uh, Texas obviously being the brand it is. And Michigan, they, they, they timed it out right. Um, I think it's similar to when Under Armour went in for, for their programs. But again, Michigan's a top three school in, in basketball at the moment. So who to say? Like, they are still delivering in the results, even though football is, is suffering a bit. Uh, but the Michigan branch is both two strong brands, but we're ahead of Ohio State, you know. Um, 
in, in, in that respect. So I don't think it's... I'm completely happy with the deal. I think it, he's done the right thing. And I think you said it also in a tweet is that we'll make up for it in, in cells. Also, there'll be the, you know, the, the supplementary, the extra revenue that'll come in just through the excitement of buying Jordan. Because I know a lot of Bruins are stoked. I know I am. I'll be in line to, to give whatever, my $150, $200. Uh, I'll have saved up to buy some gear. Yeah, when's that? In July? July 1st. Zed would be there. Mask or not. I'm camping <laughs> out. He'll get a vaccine in order <laughs> to go I'm gonna, to Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna get vaccinated for that occasion and then camp out in front of the UCLA store for it. Um, but, yeah. Probably get arrested. Probably. Knowing how things are, you'll probably be in lockdown for even though... <laughs> Half yeah. the state. Half yeah, the state no, I, I yeah. it's it's definitely a good deal. I'm excited um, for it. Just from a from a branding perspective, obviously we've talked about this, but it's good. But the, seeing the details, you know, still being top ten in the country. And what I was what I what I was confused about, and you're right, it is the third. But we have the most gear of any Nike Jordan country brand school in the country. Um, oh, sick. I didn't know yeah. That. So. You know, I think this was a this was a smart decision on Jarman's end. You know, we're getting a lot of, of stuff out of it. Gear, obviously, getting outfitted well. We're getting some cash. And then, you know, I think with the Under Armour payout, hopefully, and then, obviously, an extension and, and um, enhancement of, of our branding and marketing, we sh- and, obviously, a, a more desirable product, we should hopefully make a lot more money on, on apparel and gear sales. So I think that'll be, it's, it's, it's a fantastic deal for UCLA with it. And hopefully it, it all works out for us and we can continue working with Nike um, and Jordan and, and kind of go from there. But, you know, I think there was some consternation about the, the dollar amounts and the, the allocation of, of cash versus um, gear, but amongst fans, but I think this is this is a good deal, especially in the context of the pandemic and and whatnot. Um, you know, there's there's I frankly I think it's a better deal than I was expecting us to get from anyone. So, um, you know, good good on Martin Jarman to to get it done. It you know really. Uh, really, really good job on on his part. So this is, uh, yeah, exciting yeah. stuff. And then outside of that, outside of Westwood, we have two Bruins who did really well or are doing really well in the Australian Open. Um, mm-hmm. McKenzie McDonald. Um, he, who lost. He lost, but he made a pretty good run, and he lost to a pretty formidable opponent and i can't pronounce his name so i'm gonna let you zed because that's the tennis guy medvedev is that what it is yep medvedev medvedev and um and then but jen brady she's going strong into the semis and she is playing carolina and zed i'll let you take her last name um what is it how do you say it um let me let me pull that up for you uh muchova Muchova, and just to give context to this matchup, Muchova upset it Ash 
Ash, uh, what's her name? Let's see, I'm messing this all up, so I need to do some research. Um, Muchova beat Mertens. But there was an upset that she had against um, Barty. Yeah, Ash Barty, who's the number one ranked coming into Australian Open. So that was a pretty big upset. So she's riding on a pretty big high. So let's hope Jen can catch her and play the winner of Osaka and Serena. That'll be exciting to see if a Bruin against those two legends. Yeah, and the did you did you see the uh, Australian Open tweet about her? Uh, yeah, they did it perfectly. I was watching. <laughs> I actually was like, is that the same amount of claps? And I did the eight clap to it. And I was like, yeah. I was like, a Bruin must have. I don't know if there's an Australian Bruin out there or someone, you know, ask her what the tweet should be. But it was pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, and she, she signed the camera, go Bruins. It was it was cool to see. I, I've never seen that. And she did it yet. backwards. We have to remember that she didn't write that. You know, in her direction, she wrote that backwards for us. So that was pretty True. impressive. Pretty, pretty impressive. Go Bruins um, so yeah. on the big stage. Yeah. Semi-final. I think it's her first semi that she's reached. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to watch that match, um, I believe, tomorrow. So it'll be, or it'll be, today. Uh, it'll be a good if, one. If you all are listening um, when we upload this, it may be tonight. So. Could be yeah. right now. Oh yeah, when you're true. By the to time this. I finish, we finish editing and whatnot. Yeah, um, but yeah, good things are going on. You know, UCLA is in the news for for good reasons, and then also just not performing up to the standard. But other than that, we're in the news, so let's keep it going. Yeah, uh, I think with that, we'll we'll wrap it up. Um, follow us on on Twitter retweet us um do the 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 normal social media thing respond to us fight with us i'm always uh always uh in for a good debate or argument on social media as illogical as they can be uh so yeah uh other than that we'll catch you later go bruins go bruins